Can I just draw your attention to my impressive swelling? Oh, wow. Yes, it's enormous and red. Yes, I know. It's not as it should be. Um, what, what did you do? Well, it's like this. I had a little cut on my elbow, which yeah. I don't even know how that came there. It's probably just a, the normal attack from someone. And anyway, long story short, my elbow got infected and monstered up on Saturday. So I got an emergency appointment and got some antibiotics and painkillers. And then Saturday night, I did what you do as a 52-year-old man in the night, which is got up stealthily, silently, because I am as quiet as a mouse. You're a ninja. When, when I'm a ninja nighttime weir, I like to think. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I got and uh, I finished the business one does, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what happened next. But Rachel's story is there was a very loud bang as I fell, <laughs> and then it took me a little while <laughs> to come round. Oh, good lord! So I had a bit of a reaction to that. Anyway, so here we are, four days later, still with a very red, hot, swollen elbow, but better than it was. Tropical disease of some kind, specific to Worthing. I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> but, but only five days to the day for the bewilderment. I'm sure it would be fine and you'll do a great job. Oh, for heaven's sake. If you bail out on me. <laughs> I, 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 frankly, you could lose a leg and I'd insist it you ca- you hopped there. It will surely be better by then. Anyway. Will you be off the alcohol? Yes. Oh, sadly, oh, I am. I I'll have to drink for two. You will. Thank you. I knew I could rely on you. (laughs) Thank you. I can do my bit. (laughs) Such friendship. So, yeah, that's been a bit of drama. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That's um, that's alarming, isn't it? It is, frankly. So you're you're not for the first time. You're pumped full of drugs. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you are. That's the life of a Baptist minister, you know. (laughs) What, drug-ridden and (laughs) collapsing in the toilet? Exactly. (laughs) I know, I realise I've described a normal Saturday night for, you know, an Anglican, but this is... Do you know, I've never passed... Have you ever passed out in your life? No, I don't think I actually have. No, I've never had. This is a a first and new experience for me. No, no, I don't... No, I've never fainted or done anything like that. Yeah. It's first time for everything, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, would you like to see my rash? I don't want to see your rash. I don't want to see any other part of you. All okay. Right? Sit yourself. I don't like looking at you when you're healthy, <laughs> let alone when you're actually mottled and swollen. <laughs> Shall we move on? Shall we? Yeah, we ought to do some well, We sort actually of... haven't done an introduction. No, well, you I just do, an, int- well, so you do, do an introduction. introduction. Yeah, please do. Try and be okay. professional. All right. Shall we have the theme music now? We're about a few minutes in. Yeah. That'd shake it up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Radical. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Mid Faith Crisis. This is uh, episode. 26. Happy birthday to us. There it is. We are one. We are. We are one today. I think I should buy myself a card or something. Um, yeah, so this is a year's anniversary since we first started. Anyway, uh, for that we've already dealt with in the prelude to this rather strangely organised podcast. Uh, your swollen illness. Yes, indeed. Yes, your swelling. The elbow of death. And um, so I'm very sorry to hear that. So I hope oh. you feel better a lot 
quickly. So uh, a lot quickly. Yes. Kind of, now I can uh, see why you're a writer. Your command that's... of the language is superb. <laughs> I, on the other hand, am just very tired. Um, so yes, so we're one, and then at the end of this week, we'll be gathering in a pub in London to um, reflect deeply on our lives. Yes. And uh, really wonder about the life choices that have brought us all to that point, really, <laughs> where it all went wrong. And um, yeah, exactly. And we're going to have cake because we're one. Did you think it would last a year? No, Did no. I I had us down for ten to twelve episodes. You. I thought if we made it through the first 20 minutes, it'd be good. Yeah, and I think many people wish it was only 10 episodes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but uh, no, I thought, no, I, I, yes, it's, it's, um, here we are. Um, but anyway, so this podcast is uh, an interview. Oh, uh, yes. We've got a is. guest, haven't we? Uh, we have. Um, not just any old guest, but a truly wonderful human being. We, I interviewed Jill Rowe. Jill yeah. Rowe, um, and uh, she's going to talk about, well, you know, women. Yeah, just that kind of stuff. yeah, women's stuff. Yeah, you know, no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So it's a good one, actually. Yeah. So we're gonna play the interview in a minute, and then uh, we'll just chat a little after that. But let's have some feedback first. First of all, um, yes, certainly. First of all, from Gareth, who says hello to you both. Just wanted to write following last time's podcast and sin, and say how helpful I found it. However, I have to confess, I had to listen to it twice, as the first time my mind completely wandered off due to something Nick said right at the beginning of the podcast. In defence of Rend Collective's My Lighthouse or the Sesame Street worship song, as I call it, as I do imagine it being sung by Elmo and Big Bird to teach kids about light, <laughs> which is quite funny. Uh, anyway, uh, what Nick said was that the Rend Collective used a lighthouse because they were trying for a contemporary metaphor. Now, mm. I think I'm right in saying the first lighthouse was built in Egypt in about 290 BC, and most lighthouses in this country are now out of commission. So it leads me to a question. Is Nick's version of contemporary tainted by the fact that he is himself ancient or is the Anglican in him just a bit behind? Well, Going forward, I suggest that we update this song to make it truly contemporary by singing the words, my iPhone's torch. Anyway, uh, keep up the good work, gents, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I liked it because he was calling you out historically. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> technically correct, I suppose. I think the heyday of the lighthouse, though, presumably would be in Victorian times or a little earlier than that. Uh, ancient lighthouses had a tendency to... Oh, don't become the expert on lighthouses uh, now. You're right. annoying. But, oh, if, well, uh, yes, I mean, yes, fair enough. Fair okay. enough. If anyone else would like to write in to Joe at midfaithcrisis.org criticising Nick and his comments, yeah. you're very <laughs> welcome to do so. Please okay. do. Okay, okay, and finally, this is a lovely one from Tom uh, in Canada, in fact. He says, I've been listening to your podcast since it was featured on Nate Foster's Renovari podcast. Uh, he says, I recommend it to everyone who listen as John of the Cross meets Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm a spiritual director and professor of Christian spirituality who unexpectedly became the pastor of a small church church in Ontario, Canada, called Tapestry. Ontario. Ontario. Uh, yeah, Thank okay. You. Oh. And he said, uh, when I was praying over what my vision and strategy would be for this community, I noticed that we are a group of people who had all suffered some kind of deep disappointment in life, yet had not become stored in it, but rather had clung to God through it and come out the other end with the deep suspicion of easy answers and a deep awareness of God's love for us. Uh, so inspired by my study of the dark night of the soul and your podcast, we are reorientating ourselves around being an oasis for people in mid-faith crisis. 
I wanted to let you both know the consequences of chatting into a microphone and releasing it onto an unsuspecting public and to thank you and to hope that you can plug us on your podcast so Canadian listeners can find us. Me. I figure Nick owes me that much because I bought his book. Just the no. one. Yeah. Oh, I mean, people do buy one of Nick's books generally. Generally, yeah, they give it one go. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so the church is called Tapestry. Yeah, right? Tapestry. In, in Ontario, in, Canada. It's not Ontario. And, um, yeah. Tom, that sounds brilliant. I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah, we'd like to visit. Do. Yeah, should we do a North American tour? We are available for hire, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Canada's love. I've got relatives in Canada. Have you? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, so there we go. So I think uh, thank, you. thank you very much for for writing in, everybody, and um, really appreciated uh, appreciate your kind words and your comments. Now we should get on. So we should. Jill, Jill Rowe, tell me a little bit about why you wanted to interview Jill, and you know, um, let's get on to it. Jill is just this uh, amazing lady who works for Oasis and is director of Ethos and something. Yeah, she says the title in the uh, in the podcast, so I won't ruin it. But um, just a fantastic person, so passionate about her work and what she does. And in a severe break with tradition, uh, a female voice on our podcast. So we are very, very grateful to Jill. Uh, yes, great. Uh, so let's hear the interview, shall we? I'm delighted to be here with uh, Jill Rowe. Jill, hello. Welcome to the Mid-Faith Crisis. <laughs> Why, thank you, Joe Davis. <laughs> it's so good. I, I've so, never thought about that actually that's me right now, isn't it? Midlife. Yeah. No, you are not. You're way too young. <laughs> anyway, uh, you have just revealed your age to me and I didn't believe you. Um, but there you are, so that's good. You, you've got a good head of hair and you... <laughs> You clearly moisturised. Which can't be said for you. No. At all. I've had a very hard life. uh... (laughs) Anyway, Jill, I'm so thrilled that you uh, have agreed to be on this podcast. So thank you. First of all, we work together. I think that's a fairly open secret now. It's Um, it's out there. Yeah. So uh, we work together at Oasis. I managed to escape. You didn't. I'm still here. Yeah. Now, I can't help but notice from your Facebook feed that you're a woman who seems to enjoy your work. So why do you love what you do? <laughs> why do you love what you do so much? Facebook or fake book. Yeah. Joe. It's all lies. <laughs> it's all it? lies. Now, um, so I've been fortunate enough in my life, I think in the last 20 years, to have become part of a movement, so mm. Oasis, that has enabled me to bring who I am to the table Mm. and play a role where I'm able to use the skills and the talents and the Mm. abilities that I have to um to change a little bit of the world so I'm the ethos Mm. and formation director which is really fancy yeah that's a really groovy title yeah but it's actually it is right on what you are passionate about and what you love doing absolutely so the chance to be Doing work which every day is about the transformation of people from the inside out of who mm. they are. I mean, that's that's a gift, yeah. isn't it? And and so I know that the work I do, um, which is about inviting people to consider who they are, who they're becoming, what their lives are like, the kind of people that they'd really love to become whether they're students in our schools or they're teachers or any staff members, youth workers, young people, wherever it is Mm. in the organisation, that today may be something that I've been able to do is Mm. shift them just a little increment towards 
wholeness, towards yeah. fullness of life. I mean, Oasis has, has made this transition since I've left to a very <laughs> successful organisation. <laughs> I can't help but notice. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, I mean, a lot of work is in schools now. So mm. what do you tell your kids in the school? Who do you tell them they are? The first thing you get them to do is to know and understand that they're loved. I don't know of another academy provider or school provider where the first point of interaction with a student is to say, you're deeply loved. That's quite freeing for people. By who? By what? By what, us, you by, by, the, by the whole staff, um, but also to enable them to consider their their place in the world so it, it can throw up all sorts of questions for them um about their identity their purpose and all the all the rest of it i mean oasis just is not a it's not an organization that's trying to impose anything on anybody or we're we're trying to help people become more human we're mm. trying to help them yeah. um like i say students or teachers or whoever um discover the the people they were always always created to be the hidden them you know mm. the, yeah. the the one inside of them who is loving and kind and gracious and and to just bring that out and call it out mm. i was watching a video the other day and it's of this stone cutter amazing young woman and she gets this huge 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 slab from the earth of it's just this solid solid stone and for days and weeks she just works with the stone mm. And finds what's in it, oh, and, it, and I it's love that. just that's amazing. And that's, yeah. and I suppose for us, what we're doing is saying there is a way of living, and there is a way of being, and there's a way of understanding who you are, which is who you've always been created to be. Yeah. And our job is to help you discover the fullest of that, whether that is academically or in your relationships or spiritually or emotionally or mentally it's about inviting people to that and I get to do that and I get yeah. to do that by producing all sorts of resources and lots of training and lots of input I had a, a, a one student the other day who was a, a year eight lad and at the end of the day just he came up to me it was quite emotional I felt a bit emotional and he said <laughs> uh, he just wanted to thank me for the day and he said today I've realised that I can really be who I am. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, if, they, fun, if yeah. that is all that this is about, then that's terrific. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if I can shift that on a bit. I don't know how much input you have into the life of the church here. Do you have a role in the church? <laughs> I, I, an elder? I does. <laughs> am I an elder? I don't believe we have elders. What? Um, <laughs> you know us. So as well as being... Um, one of the leaders of Oasis here in the yeah. UK. Um, I'm on the leadership team of the church here in right. Waterloo. And it strikes me that there's quite a blurring of the lines, really, in terms of... correct. Well, you tell me if I'm wrong here. I may be making a terrible assumption, but it seems to me that the whole thing blurs. Yeah, it isn't. Yes, it's not separate things. It is me. Faith and church yeah, and It's life. just... It is the whole of who we are, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not saying by any stretch that I don't have other things that yeah. I'm part of. <laughs> I think following Jesus is a ride. I think it's an adventure. I don't yeah. think it's a religion. And, yeah. and it's freeing because it means, you know, if you mess up, you mess up, it's okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. But the invitation is to follow, is yeah. To, yeah. to do the things that Jesus did as who you know to bring myself to that and 
Um, so I don't see any kind of, well, this is the spiritual bit and this is the, yeah. oh, now I've got to go and sure. do this bit and now this is my work yeah. bit. It's all integrated because we're all integrated. Mm. That's not to say, though, that it's not really important to have time to recover from hmm. the intensity of everything Yeah, sure. You're doing. How do you do that? Well, I... What do you do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I run away every so often. Um, so I, I'm an introvert. Are you an introvert, Joe? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. It was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. However did you tell? <laughs> so I am actually an introvert. Hey. So Yes, I am. Which surprises a lot of people. No. So I am... Um, uh, definitely regain my energy from be- from being alone or mm. um, being with a very you know a particular group of people or what quiet people like me yeah quiet people like <laughs> no I'm gonna have to go and find a dark <laughs> room after me <laughs> yeah yeah no I'm yeah seriously anyway <laughs> keep going Jill it'll be all right no what do I do I walk and talk and run a little and ride and pray and read and yeah. I'm sure. I'm a big reflector mm. um yeah I've noticed you reflecting will you stop that it's quite dazzling <laughs> it's like, is it bright in your eyes Joe? <laughs> well um one of the huge biases of the podcast which Nick and I pretty much feel powerless to do anything <laughs> about frankly <laughs> is that here we are as white middle class men, men and obviously uh you know white middle class men have been such a gift to the world and the church (laughs) even so particularly at the moment i'm yeah exactly um and but no i mean and so we talk about mid-faith crisis we can't help but do it from a very uh, male perspective and we're conscious of that so one of the questions i wanted to ask you and you are the first uh, person of the female gender. We've no been to, way. Yeah, I know. It's a shock. Don't. don't goodness don't, me. Don't start. Just don't. Um, Joe Davis and Nick Page. Unbelievable. Sorry. <laughs> Look, before you wallow in your enormous disappointment <laughs> at us as human beings, and believe me, we have wives who do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. no, I've heard that. <laughs> well, I just wondered, you know... What's your perspective? I'm assuming you talk to women regularly who perhaps have issues of faith and, you know, they've been journeying in the church for a while and they've got questions. I just, you know, how do you help them? What are the things that come up? What are they struggling with in the church and in mm. faith? Such a big question, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. I, Sorry to just land yeah, that on you. Yeah, in fact, we could fix that in the next 10 minutes. That would be great. <laughs> um, I think that we still have a very male-dominant system mm. in church, I yeah. think. And, and I think a lot of that is wrapped up in power. There is probably still a generation of leaders across the church. And I mean the breadth of the church. I don't mm. mean a particular part of the church. No particular denomination. No, I just think across across the church. So even in <laughs> even in spaces where, you know, you have women uh, leaders, etc. I still believe that there is still a kind of mentality where men and women are viewed a particular way. Mm. Which I, in my conversations with people 
it often it, it seems that females women and uh, particularly young women they they don't know who they can be mm. because the model is you're the helper right yeah so if you're you, there to support the you're men. there to support the men wow. and so yeah. um and that can be both within the context of church but also in terms of relationship so you, so that you you're defining yourself yeah. all the time through the lens of how am i perceived mm. by the male and that may not be um you may do that unknowingly it may be a completely subconscious mm. thing mm. so for me one of the the biggest challenges always is to just completely flip the lid on all of that and just how would you do that uh, well i was talking to someone about this the other day i said the greatest gift that i can bring to anyone who wants to explore that more is just provoke them to ask why why do i think this of myself mm. why do i think i can't do that why is that the way it is? Why is that person doing that role and that person isn't? Mm. And then in that why questioning, to to re-understand themselves, I think, in the light of how they are created by God, mm. in God's image. Yeah. I mean, you think, Joe, how... We very rarely hear God described as anything other than male. Yeah. I know. Oh, trust like, me. Oh, uh, I know. Which is, I mean, it is, in my view, <laughs> like, yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And, of course, there are modern denominations full of young people, mm. and this, this really surprises me, full of young people who would say women can't teach. Yeah. Still, to the, yeah. It, what year is it? 1951, <laughs> is it, I think? <laughs> and yet still we are. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. With that view. And I guess it comes from an interpretation of the Bible that is very literal. It, it will yeah. not take into account the patriarchy within mm. which the Bible was written. It will point out Jesus said, when you when mm. you talk to God, call him father. Like that was a literal statement yeah. about what God, God yeah. is literally a father. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've got a... We've got a real yeah. problem with patriarchy still yeah. in and, our interpretation. And absolutely. And we have to understand that the narrative that we use, the Bible, is written within a very patriarchal system all yeah. the way through. And so if, if you are the speaker at the mm. front mm. and you've got you know, a whole load of young people in front of you, you have a responsibility, whether you are male or female, as the speaker, mm. if that's the kind of thing mm. we're talking about. You have a responsibility to grapple with text mm. so that you delve beyond what you assume mm. it is. I, was, I wrote an article recently about, about how, we, how do we learn to become people who are not afraid to go to the yeah. space where we think yeah. everything is going to be stripped away from us. Yeah. You know that, you know, on medieval maps, yeah. you know, where they everything they didn't know, they used to put monsters on it, and oh, right, otherwise, okay. here there'd be dragons, right? Yeah. And I th and I think sometimes we as leaders, whether we're male or female, are afraid to engage oh, with yeah. these things because you're like, if we go there, then the whole thing's yeah. gonna, 
I had a conversation recently with, oh. a, with a dearly beloved friend called Dave. I'll say no more okay. because that doesn't really give anywhere. Most yeah. of my friends are called mm. Dave. And, um, and so <laughs> he was saying, well, what do, you, what do you expect me to do? Should we half the time call God she and half the time call, refer to God as he? And he was sort of throwing that to me as if like, yeah. that's a ridiculous thing. And I said, well, I think that's at least a step in the right direction. Yeah. Maybe a bit more of the time yeah. call God she, in fact just to make the point that we mustn't identify too heavily. But the trouble is, for men, that we're the privileged ones. Yeah. So you don't see yeah, the point. Exactly. You so know, we're... like, well, nah, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So it's a whole cultural thing, though, isn't it? So, again, maybe we, we need to get back to a more profound and maybe engage a bit more mystically with who oh, God okay. is. Yeah, you, you the know, divine. Ra- yeah, the yeah. divine, How rather than making God into a, almost like a, a, a version of us. Yeah, anthropomorphize um, God. Let's, yeah. let's make him a big, a good big, strong male yeah. Yeah. Who, warrior, a warrior king. god. Yeah. And 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 I just I think we need to reimagine mm. and re-explore what God is, and who God is, I agree. and how God is. So you know this thing about uh, in in Genesis, you know where in chapter one that that massive that poem of creation, and at the end, it, it's I think it's verse twenty seven, isn't it, or something of chapter one? It says, "In the image of God, male and female, they were created." Mm. It, it's us. Yes. We are yes. created. Yes. There is no. There is no better or worse. It's yeah. us. We are created yeah. in that image. Oh, this is really light, isn't but it? There, but there, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, there, but there are still people who want to say, yeah, but there's definite roles. Mm. You know, you, the woman, you are the child bearers. You're the nurturers. This yeah. is the one I hear, used to hear a lot. You know, the, yeah. the nurturing. Oh, women yeah, but so where's that, that from? Yeah, exactly. Purely <laughs> cultural. <laughs> I know. Speaking to the choir, but, but for our listeners and for, I, I think particularly for women who are struggling, yeah. what would you say to those women who are perhaps listening to the podcast thinking, do you know, I'm pretty disillusioned with the whole church thing and with this mm. idea of God, who is who is like a big man, uh, who's, who's yeah. perhaps has, has let me down the way perhaps, you know, some men have, mm. or whatever their story happens to be. What would you say to them about the divine? I would say that God is love. Mm. And because God is love, God calls us into being. All that is what love does, isn't it? It firstly I'd want to have a cup of coffee with all of the <laughs> women who who yeah. think that and just explore why they think what they think and mm. what it, what is the experiences they've had. You know where it says you're the the woman is the helper of the man and all wow. that yeah. jazz. Yeah. <laughs> like helper means a gazillion things, doesn't it? We perceive yeah. it to mean certain things. Yeah. But it means such it, it's like the one who leads in the rescue of the broken. It's the one who leads in the rescue of the lost. It's a, so for me, it's like if I stand in front of the mirror, yeah, 
how am I actually seen? Not by anybody else. But if yeah. God is love, yeah. God is calling me into being. Yeah. I have power and purpose and intention in life. And so we've got to kind of throw off all of that. It's not that male, male testosterone. No, it's not, mm. it's not that. It's the power to be who you were created and intended to be. And sometimes I think that means we have to step away from things that are stopping us believing mm. and acting on Particularly that. if God's calling you to be a leader. Yeah, abs- yeah. absolutely. Mm. I remember when I was when I was just a youth and um, that's youth by the way for you Jane okay, you know, it's like you. a Excellent. it's like <laughs> <laughs> lingo yeah. um, uh, and I was just I was young and I was just starting to speak in church um, mm. and I, I just remember a conversation which said well you realise this is a risk for us <laughs> I'm like <laughs> like in what what with in the other what, church uh, leaders yeah 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 <laughs> in what way am i a risk <laughs> how and and then you realize oh this this is about a control thing this is about power this is about who's in charge yeah. this has got nothing yeah. to do with who are you jill and what are the gifts that you have yeah. to be frank joe <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> I just, when I was at school, when I was at junior school, I wanted to play football. Yeah. And I'm of that You're age. quite a good footballer like, now. I, oh, you um, were? I don't know whether you still I, are. Well, <laughs> probably if I still played as much. Yeah, mm. if I'd have been born in a different yeah. era. Um, yeah. I'd be a lioness. Yeah. I, for sure. Yeah. Um, I just wanted, I just always wanted to play football. Yeah. But at that time, Girls didn't play football, but yeah. I wanted to, so yeah. I did. And that, because that kind of spirit has yeah, carried you through. That is the spirit that carries you, because there is enough happening, even from people who claim to be, you know, forward thinking, blah, blah, mm. blah. You still get the kind of patronising. Mm. So what does this mean for church? I mean, let's just imagine <laughs> that there's a load of male church leaders listening to this. A load. What, yeah, what's <laughs> one, your message? For the one that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the one poor broken soul. He's like, please say I think something. it's probably David Pawson. Oh. <laughs> He's a regular listener to the show. Oh. So, Good Lord. what's your message? for that? For, seriously, for church leaders. That, how can they reverse? Change your lens. Change your lens. What does that mean? Take off the lens which says, this is what women are like. And this is what men are like, and this is what they do. So, so I genuinely believe this: that Jesus invites everyone to a brand new way of thinking. Be mm. transformed, Paul said, didn't he, by the mm. renewing of your mind? Yeah. That's as much about this stuff as it is about anything else. And I right. genuinely think that church leaders just need to flip the lid on their thinking, if mm. this is something that they. Um, they they're stuck on or or whatever, and and see everybody genuinely as people rather than as a label, even a gender label, a yeah. gender label, and say who's who are the people here who are the community builders, who are the people here who are the hospitable ones, mm. who are the people here who 
you know, like all all of the skills mm. and abilities that we need to mm. be the, those who are going to change the way the world is. Mm. Stuff gender, just call people out for get on with it. There's it's <laughs> like it's stuff gender stuff. stuff. <laughs> I don't you. mean that in a that like, could be the name of our conference. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> what. I, I mean, it just becomes a, it becomes yeah, sure. something that yeah. stops people from being and doing what we're called to be and do. You know, I don't. I'm not ridiculing the idea of gender. Mm. Please understand mm. that. What I'm saying, <laughs> I feel bad now. No, um, but what I'm saying is, we friends. get <laughs> we get totally paralysed by our old way of thinking about these things. Great. So yeah, I yeah. love being part of a church. Yeah. Where it's simply we've got these things that need doing. Who's up for it? Yeah. The question is not um, where well, you're female. Yeah, sure. Or you're gay, or you're, you know, you're you haven't got mm. much money, or you. There's none of that, and that's that is very freeing for everybody. Yeah. But it's sure. also freeing for a leader because mm. it takes i think it takes away all of that angst all that oh you know and just focuses on what needs to Mm. happen it's very Mm. pragmatic Mm. but i think we are called aren't we to play our part in god's kingdom come i think so that means that it's our job to participate in that new new that what that newness will look like and to make it happen here and now and i just don't think that any of these old things will have a part in that it's great is there anything else you want to say to our or to nick even oh lovely nick i know he's I not here. i know sorry he's not allowed I'd out hoped. much not since that incident with the women's institute in Incham with the jam oh no not the jam <laughs> he's under house arrest um uh, can people get in touch with you yeah, I'm on. The best thing to do is just get on Facebook or Twitter or. Yeah. I'm Jill Bowrow. Jill Bowrow. Okay. Do you like that? Okay. Um, but there's this thing um, Father Gregory Boyle says. He's the guy that wrote, has set up Homeboy Industries. He's a Catholic priest in um, LA. And he just said. Um, I, oh, he may have borrowed it from Ram Das or someone, but he just says, we're all just, we're all just walking each other home. And that, Lovely. that is it. Yeah. Like it's, this stuff has become too complicated. Yeah. And we, we need to just go back to, we're all made in we're God's image. walking each other home. We're walking each other home. That's it. Wonderful. Jill, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Loved it. Cheers. <laughs> so that was Jill and uh, Joe having fun on a Sunday morning. Yeah, it was. I've got to tell you something. So uh, off uh, at the, you know, once once we finished the interview, we continued this discussion about gender and gender neutral language in services. And we went into the service uh, there and she, she said to me before and she said, there's still quite a lot of work to do. And then the first opening hymn was To God Be the Glory, Great Things He Hath Done. So loved oh, yeah. he the world that he gave us his son. I mean, we're there and she just said, we're changing the pronoun, Joe. So we were there merrily singing <laughs> great things she has done, which is oh, okay. quite funny. <laughs> um, well, yes. No, I thought it was a really, really fascinating interview. And um, 
I loved, uh, you know, so much of what was in there. What I love about Jill and what I love about her work is here's a woman who is perfectly aligned, it seems to me, in her in her vocation and who she is. She spends her life helping people be who they are truly meant to be. And for women, that means she has to help them discard all this cultural rubbish, which you would hope the church would be at the forefront of, but sadly, so much of the time she seems to lag behind because they have these enforced roles taught them in church mm. and the leadership is male, to quote David Pawson. Hi, Dave, if you are listening, by the way. Hello, Dave. That's fantastic. No, I, I loved, I liked all that. And I thought it chimed in very well with a lot of what we talk about generally, you know, which is yeah. becoming... Uh, the whole kind of person, you know, and that analogy of mm. the the stone cutter finding oh, who I you are, that. you know, isn't that great? It's, it's such a powerful image of yeah, and and how yeah. that doesn't really correspond with some major doctrines of the church, like as we here we go again, original sin. You know, it's hard to square the doctrine of original sin with that analogy of the stone and bringing out what's already in it. If your view is human being is fundamentally inherently, corrupt, inherently yeah. cracked. Yeah. Yeah, and fractured. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I no. I I think what I really liked about what Joel said was that there was a practical, pragmatic approach. The practical mm. way to act is simply to recognise people's gifts. Yeah, and call them out. Great. And yeah. you know, and to be focused on gifts and abilities first. Yeah. Uh, you know, and not even to worry about gender. I think that's a really exactly. practical approach for leaders. That yeah. you know, if somebody's good at something, yeah, let them, let them do it. What's the what's the problem? And for those people, and, and dare I say, those women who perceive themselves as just being helpers and everything, I love what she said about the helper leads in the rescue of the broken. Did you catch that line? Yes. She yes. said the helper leads in the rescue of the broken. Yes. So if you're one of those people who thinks, well, I'm just a helper, I'm not a leader. No, you. if you're a helper, you lead in the rescue of the broken. Then well, I think there's a whole... Conversation, which is a buzzword, to have about this constant um, harping on leadership. Anyway, you know, I, I, mm. I, I and our our view of what it is to serve. Um, you know, mm. Paul's description of himself at the beginning of his letters is always an apostle, which mm. is basically a historical designation. Somebody who saw the risen Jesus, and then a slave of Christ. Always, you know, and it's often translated servant because that sounds a bit more upmarket than a slave. But the word is slave. And but everybody wants to be a leader. I was talking uh, at a, an event uh, this week, actually, and uh, to a load of clergy, and I was saying, you know, you can't move for leadership conferences. You can't. You, can't, you really can't. You know, there's the HDB leadership conference. There's the the Glo GLS, which I thought they were yeah. boy band Global yeah. Leadership Summit. There's there's <laughs> yeah, the Alpha right. Leadership. Co there's yeah. everybody. There aren't the church is declining. There aren't enough people left to lead. There aren't, we don't need that many leaders. You know. <laughs> what about That's having brilliant. a helpers conference? What's so yeah, wrong with they... being a helper? What's so wrong yeah. with being a slave? It's got a very good biblical uh, mandate Precedent. to it. You yeah, know? no. Exactly so I thought right. that, again, bringing out the positive of it and saying that's a great yeah. thing to be, you yeah. know, and it's a positive thing, and and you and you can lead in helping. That's great. Yeah, really good. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, and I thought it's really interesting what she was saying about engaging more mystically with God, because once you do come away from this very dogmatic language, you know of Father, Son and Holy Spirit 
or floaty thing as we rather irreverently called it but mm. you know to make a point in an earlier podcast i think once you start seeing that god you know yes those are helpful designations and and help us get a, an angle on god but god is not literally those things god is something much more far deeper far wider far broader much bigger than our head can really get around and so we need to use metaphors to explain what and we start to engage more mystically with god i think the gender stuff does start to take care because you start to see oh, it's ridiculous to call god he really or she mm. it's not ridiculous because you've got to do it sometimes you don't want to call god it and so you know sometimes a pronoun is helpful and it helps personalize the imminence of god but in terms of the transcendence of God, to call God he seems a bit silly, I think. To, that's just how I view it now. So, so I, I don't mean to disrespect those who call it. But I suppose one of the things is what does it feel better for you? How does it feel better for you to relate? Mm. That, that might be one way around it, as a, mm. to, to relate to God as a mother or a father. You know, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, I think that parenting figure is quite important. Um that image is quite important, but as we've often yeah. said, it's only partial. It can't be the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but it is something. Um, yeah. I mean, I must admit that's the bit that I always find, you know, difficult, and I'm kind of grappling with it myself about that. But maybe yeah. I'm just too uh, stuck in my ways, Joe. Well, I think you know you're not the first person to say that, Nick. No, that's <laughs> true. Anyway, no, I thought it was a very good. Uh, thank you, thank you ever so much, Jill, for spending the time. Um, yeah, thanks, and uh, talking to Joe, never an easy task, uh, uh, or pleasant, anyway. Um, what I would like... Uh, what? Well, I was just going to say what I would really love uh, this time round, in particular, I'm sure we get people writing, we always do, but I'd just really love to particularly encourage women to write in and respond. Uh, what did you mm. think? And, mm. and what do you think about what we say about it? And, and, and how do you engage with these things? And please mm. tell us about what mid-faith crisis looks like for you because as i said you know we we can't help but have a male perspective on it but we'd love to hear hear your perspective so uh, i'm not banning men from writing in by the way good but but uh (laughs) i'm glad to hear it anyway look we should we should emailing um, is male as the follow-up book email Well, anyway, uh, yes. Well, we should go actually because you've you've we've got cake. We've got to, to get the train in. <laughs> got to get the train, and you've got to, your swelling has to go down. It does have to go down significantly. It, it beat it down with a stick or something. In public. Anyway, thanks for listening, and please write in. That That'd is your phone. phone. I cannot believe that. Yeah, that's no. That's don't answer bad. it. We're doing no. a podcast. Sorry. Yeah, that might what, have been my phone. What an ending! What an ending! <laughs> it's powerful. <laughs> Thank you.